Hey there, this is Scott, your fellow film trooper. Before we begin the Film Marketing Friday session, I want to let you know this is also episode 95 of the podcast, meaning that we are five episodes away from number 100. And with that said, I'd like to thank NumRobot6754, Rocky Fops, and JJ Kale for all leaving a five-star rating and review over on iTunes for the podcast. And for those of you who are listening on Stitcher Radio, a shout out to you as well. So you might notice a audio quality difference between me talking here and on my regular podcast episodes and the Film Marketing Friday sessions. Because the Film Marketing Friday sessions happen on Google Hangouts, the Google Hangout audio processing doesn't quite match the level and quality that I hoped it would on a regular podcast interview. Anyhow, with that said, at least you're aware of the audio quality differences. But without further ado, here we are on this episode of Film Marketing Fridays. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to Film Trooper Presents, another episode of Film Marketing Fridays. And today's session is how to get the word of mouth out for your film. That's a lot of words to get out of your mouth. <laughs> if I, when you look at the screen, it's like, that's a lot. I, I probably should do a better job in the graphic. But um, today, uh, we have a ret- returning guest, uh, David Andrade. I can't, on you got it. Nailed I it. Did, I did it, didn't I? Yeah. Oh my God. But this is uh, his work at Theory Animation with the characters Ray and Clovis. And there is David right now. He, yeah, hey. switch back. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and um, yeah. And this is me, if you don't know who me is. My name is Scott McMahon. I'm a fellow film trooper over at filmtrooper.com, where we try to help filmmakers become entrepreneurs. So today's session, we're going to kind of go into to see where David is uh, with their project. Um, And David, for those of you who may have not seen the original session that we had uh, many moons ago, uh, can you give us a rundown about Theory Animation and Ray Ray and Clovis? I sure will. Um, So... Who am I? What's what's this all craziness about? Uh, my name is David. I've worked in the film industry for about 10 years now and video games, films, commercials, basically anything that moves. Uh, and I worked for an amazing studio that won an Oscar for the life of Pi. And once it unfortunately went under, but I took that energy and I started a company. Um, and today, two years later, we are Theory Animation. We produce uh, television visual effects. We produce commercials. We produce. Ooh, did I lose you? Oh, there you no, go. No, 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 sorry. Okay. This is me giving you, uh, showing nice. people this, this uh, Rain Clovis. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Uh, so we produce uh, commercials, music videos. Uh, we're looking into virtual reality, like so many are, else are. And Rain Clovis. And Rain Clovis is our our work of love, our labor of love. Uh, Ray and Clovis is our animated series starring Ray the Iguana, who is a big dreamer, but he's shackled down by bills and the everyday struggle of being an iguana in a human world. And Clovis, his roommate and best friend and a cat who is super high energy, super immature, and spends all of his time surfing the internet and calling Ray at work and bothering him. And it's kind of a fun, uh, Bert and Ernie is a big inspiration, uh, playing trains, automobiles. It's a big throwback to the odd couple kind of relationship. Only in this case, it's with an iguana and a cat. Uh, it's, it's a YouTube series, so anyone can watch it right away. And it's, uh, it's a really fun series. It's very clean, kind of family friendly if, if you're looking for that sort of stuff. Um, and 
it's it's inspired a lot by 80s and 90s cartoons too and classical stuff like we love bugs bunny stuff so there's a lot of a lot of that that shines through our work nice so it's interesting the um how many episodes you guys have right now because um of the cartoon we are at number 14 actually uh we are at number 14 and number 14 comes out in two weeks in fact so and, and we have some good news uh some great news actually i want to share with everybody here uh you can let us know you guys have been accepted into um coming up if anybody's in los angeles and near the sony uh pictures uh studio the world of animation celebration international short film animation festival coming up october 24th through the 25th uh yeah. you guys got accepted right yeah uh i i do thank you for bringing that up i um that's a really special thing uh we're really excited about that basically it's it's been a chance for us to get out into the world you know we we rarely do film festivals funny enough being a film podcast and all <laughs> we we rarely do them because we you know youtube and getting it out there as many people as possible but uh, this film festival is run by a couple of really good friends of ours and it's on sony's lot which is how awesome is that and they said you know why don't you give it a shot why don't you send out uh rain clovis and i said all right let's do it uh so our our short premieres on the 25th yeah on sunday the 25th uh it's a great whole event it's their premiere event and a lot of really wonderful people are going to be there so i'm, I'm Unfortunately, I can't make it, but I'm a lot of our folks are going to be there, and I'm really excited for it. And yeah, it is Sunday next Sunday at Culver City, and you know the coolest thing is you get to go visit Sony's back lot. So don't get yeah. to do that every day, you know. Very very cool. Congratulations on Thank all of you. that. So I make sure I'll make sure to put all this stuff in the show notes so people can find it. You know, quickly find the links and so on. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things you sent me when we were talking about uh, today's session was you sent me this link to this infographic from referralcandy.com. And it got on the topic of how to get word of mouth um, out for your products, your business, whatever. And they had like, they essentially curated and studied over 40 plus successful examples to learn from. So the cool thing about that is um, I sliced up the infographic to fit into our slideshow and we can kind of go over that and then then at the end we see how does it apply to your world of theory animation and ray and clovis and you have some stats yeah. you were going to share with us as well or sort of the experiences that's happened since the last time we spoke but um we'll get right into it let's get into that's this it. infographic about the word of mouth and with that said i'm going to jump over the screen share here everybody can see this Cool. So he, this is me slicing up their uh, graphics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But essentially, they said, um, well, how do you get more word of mouth? And I love this little um, cartoon they put together. Well, you give people a reason to talk about your stuff, and you make it easier for that conversation to take place. And that's from Andy Servanvitz, author of Word of Mouth Marketing. I don't know if I pronounced his last name correctly. But uh, continue with the infographic, they talked about there are three parts of getting more word of mouth. Number one, make a wow product. Create something worth talking about. Number two, seed the wow. Make sure it gets into the hands of people who talk. And number three, 
just add grease make it easy as possible to share simple three steps done <laughs> but they go on they have some other examples on their infographic and so if you start with the wow i mean what goes into a wow product when we just when we deconstruct everything that's wowed people we notice two things this is again coming from referral candy uh one is unexpected utility led by innovation and two a meaningful story led by marketing so their examples are um one is well how do you create an unexpected utility it's a product that solves a specific problem better than anyone else so their examples of a new product class in the unexpected utility are things like the iphone uh things like dropbox and t uh, tesla's model s the um um, electric car and the Lily drone, which is a follow drone. So this concept here was that there had been other smartphone devices or mobile phone devices, but until the iPhone came out, that it literally changed everything that we know about the world of smartphones and uh, a marketplace before there was no app marketplace. Mm -hmm. So uh, independent uh, programmers, you know, had a, a marketplace to sell their, their wares. Uh, Dropbox. Before Dropbox, it was essentially a lot of like flash drives and portable drives, and they just made it easier and better than everyone else to utilize cloud storage. And then, you know, electric cars have been around for a long time, but the uh, Tesla model created a much more elegant, sleek, just a better version of, of you know, the car. And then the Lily was essentially this new drone that it just throw it up in the air and it, it enhanced any selfie features you ever want. <laughs> but the yeah. idea here is that these products had uh, created an unexpected utility uh, because they were so good in what they uh, created. Um, so that's something to look to. Not that everybody can create the iPhone, but at least you understand um, um, what, what would fit into this category. They also have extreme best in class. Uh, they had examples of the coolest cooler, which is a great crowdfunding marketing case study. Um, the, the case study behind the coolest cooler was an inventor came out on Kickstarter. He tried to raise, I think, like a fifty, hundred thousand dollars for this cooler idea, where he, in, in you know, he basically built in like. Uh, bottle opener, stereo system, uh, blender, all these other things just, you know, hodgepodge into this uh, cooler. Um, he didn't get his his initial crowdfunding campaign. Mm -hmm. He went back, retooled the invention just a little bit, but the marketing changed a little bit. And then he just was trying to raise $50,000. And then he became, then the story is known that he raised $13 million. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. Amazing. Under Armour, that story there was that uh, the creator, the founder, was unsatisfied with the sweat resistance, the moisture wet resistant clothing and created his own. And now Under Armour is basically second um, to Nike. They yeah. surpassed um, Reebok. And so they became extreme best in class. And of course, there's Google. People had search engines before. There was Ask Jeeves. I think Netscape had one. But Google essentially curated the internet by creating the, the ultimate search engine. So they were the extreme best in class. Um, going down the line with their infographics, they say the next thing after you create a unexpected um, product, or let's go back to the unexpected utility, mm -hmm. something that people didn't know they needed. 
So you created something unexpected. Then you need to tell a meaningful story, and this is the marketing part. And um, the quote here says, at the end of the day, brands, I'm sorry, at the end of the day, brand helps customers answer the question, which one should I buy? And that's from Mark Barrows, the Contour co-founder. Uh, their examples here in the infographic is figure out what your story is. As fake Grimlick put it, there are three questions you need to answer to develop a minimum viable personality. Number one, how do you change your customer's life? Number two, what do you stand for? And number three, what do you hate? Um, we're going to go back to these, David, but I don't, I'm going yeah. to rip through this. But no, I take your sure. time. Yeah, it's a good yeah. intro for everybody because there's so much to say about each one. Yeah. So um, their examples are something like a company like the uh, Goldie Blocks. Goldie Blocks uh, essentially was a toy movement for girls that was countering uh, the Barbie uh, toy, toy brands that are marketed to girls. And they wanted to create a new brand that had a way of improving the world by correcting the gender inequality in engineering. And they raised over $285,000 in their Kickstarter campaign, which they were only trying to get $150,000. So they had a social message tied to the development engineering of a new set of toy line. So there was an inherent story behind the reason they were making their product. And so that is the marketing uh, angle the important message that needed to get communicated, which is what created the word of mouth. Uh, another example is Tom's, Tom's Shoes. Obviously, the unique way of doing business with uh, Tom is that every shoe you buy, a percentage of it goes to those who are in need of shoes around the world, in Africa and in other uh, third world countries. Uh, so they're mentioning here in this graphic that today, Tom's Shoes are worth $300 million and they've given over, over away over 45 million pairs of shoes to charity. And because of this, they developed an identity for their company, but they created a story, a meaningful story that people, when it came time to decide, like, am I going to buy this Payless you know, shoe from Payless Shoe Store? Or, you know what, I think I'm going to buy Tom's, and I know that the story and the, and the meaning behind this company goes to a greater cause. So they had an in inherent built-in story that they created that cr that caused, made it really easy for word of mouth to get out there. GoPro, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> if anything of a company, basically it says here, GoPro sales have doubled every year since uh, 2012, selling nearly 10 million cameras in 2014. If anybody doesn't know the GoPro story, the GoPro essentially letting people you know, document this concept, this brand, this story of the thrilling adventure to be the hero in any extreme sport or anything. It could be even walking a dog. People are walking around with GoPros, selfies, you know, and just recording their life in the city they live at. They're making everyone the hero. And I, this is, it's such an amazing, amazing story and a device that delivers on that promise and mm -hmm. all the marketing material goes with it. So that's that story. Um, the infographic then moves down to, well, how do you seed discovery? Like how does somebody find you? And the quote from Seth Godin and the little bubble they created said, sell one, then find one person who trusts you and sell him a copy. Does he love it? Is he excited enough to tell 10 friends because it helps them? Not because it helps you. If not, 
you must stop what you're doing and start over. <laughs> I mean, Seth, if anybody's, you know, reads his blogs and reads his books, there's a lot of interesting insights that he brings forth. But the concept here is like, you got to start with one. And if you can get make somebody a loyal fan of what you create, loyal enough to share it with 10 other people, if they're yeah. not doing that, then you have to stop and start over until you get that sort of uh, fervor with your products or, you know, your content. Um, the next graphic that they put in the, this infographic, they say, reach out to people one-to-one, -one, meaning that this quote says that, you know, Airbnb now seems like an unstoppable juggernaut. But early on, it was so fragile that about 30 days of going out and engaging in in person with users made the difference between success and failure. So early on in a company like Airbnb, they went out and reached out to real people as much as possible, one-to-one, one-to-one, -one, one -one, and trying to you know scale it one-to-one -one, um, in the first 30 days. So it's really interesting because you basically still need to hustle. You still need to put your the boots on the pavement, uh, you know, and and make it work. Um, this is I love this example. I just grabbed this one example from. I didn't grab everything from the infographic, but this mm -hmm. one was a great story. This is the Coca Cola example. In 1888, well over 100 years ago, <laughs> when mm -hmm. business mogul Asa Candler uh, had just taken over Coca Cola. It was a five-cent soda fountain drink that sold about nine glasses a day on average. But Candler gave away coupons for the free Coca-Cola to consumers. He then gave free barrels of Coca-Cola syrup to stores reluctant to stock the drink. So when customers with coupons flocked to the stores, the store's owners returned as paying customers. Today, obviously, Coca-Cola is estimated over, you know, uh, has served over 1.7 billion servings of Coke every day. It's, it's, we know the story of Coca-Cola. The product is just, you know, sugar water. <laughs> yeah. Their marketing and the story they tell behind it and how they get people, you know, uh, associating their, a lifestyle or happiness or Christmas or polar bear or whatever it might be to their, their, their product that is the story and the branding that they have just dominated across the, the world. So, um, yeah, and that's a story that goes back 100 years ago. It's really interesting here. I really like this. Mm -hmm. You know what? You know, if the store is not going to, you know, you know, give um, sell our stuff, we'll give it to them. And then we'll, we'll drive customers to the store so that they can have repeat customers. You so know what Joss really Whedon did? Kind of like the piggy off of this. I thought it was yeah. very unique. Joss Whedon... Um, Got the name of the movie that came out that he just released, but he sent thank you letters to people who bought it. So oh, when yes. they bought it off of Vimeo, he'd send them like a poster. You know, his budget's a little bit better than most of ours, so he would send people like Apple TVs and stuff. And I was just like, that's amazing because each and every one of them is sharing, oh my gosh, look what I just got from this. And I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. you know, from yeah. one person and suddenly a hundred more people will find out like I want to buy the movie now because I want to see if I get something <laughs> that's right that's right and we, then they have more examples on the infographic here like uh, so like the next section they get into is then you want to target influencers uh, so not just j just any regular consumers then you want to target the influencers and one of the uh, samples they had um, was 
uh, Tinder. <laughs> so okay. apparently the story of Tinder is obviously they focus on hiring college campus reps to penetrate the student populace. Uh, to get as many students or college parties and, you know, to utilize the app. Um, you know, now, two years later, the dating app has been acquired, uh, you know, has acquired 50 million users, uh, each of them logging into the app on an average 11 times a day. So they created something that works, obviously, but they went to a targeted audience, their main focus using colleges and young people and, and starting there first before expanded out to other demographics, other age groups and so on. Uh, so that's really fascinating. So the other thing they talk about is in order to get word of mouth out is piggyback off other events. So Twitter, they use Twitter as an example back in 2007 when um, they were at South by Southwest. Twitter still wasn't as big as we know it to be, but apparently Twitter utilized the their presence at an event like South by Southwest to tweet what was going on on big uh, plasma screen TVs all over the hall um, um, to other people in the event, which then they saw a huge growth, about like 20,000 to 60,000 uh, tweets exploded. And obviously now there are 500 million daily tweets you know, that go on. So each company or each entity sort of needs like an event to like see it spike. And then once like uh, a product or a company has like a spike, then they have to capitalize on that and keep the momentum going. And that's what happened with Twitter here, utilizing mm -hmm. somebody else's event to sh utilize, to show off what they have in order to uh, get that, uh, I can't say it, the, yeah, uh, the thrust, it. yes, the, the thrust into, um, into relevance in terms of the numbers. So they say, well, if you can't piggyback on somebody's event, then you create your own event and they're, their example is like Red Bull. Now, it's interesting enough. We talked about Coca-Cola as just nothing more than a sugar water company. <laughs> so now we can talk about Red Bull, another sugar water company with even more caffeine. But their thing is they created a whole event, especially the one where they had the, the stratosphere jump, where the astronaut, you know, uh, pilot, the daredevil, uh, Felix Baumgartner, took the jump from outer space all the way back to earth. I mean, I remember watching that just ri yeah. riveted. Oh, you see, uh, and then you see all the, the Red Bull ads, but then Red Bull, you know, sponsors these extreme athletes. Uh, they built a specific half pipe for Sean White prior to his Olympic run and they filmed it, you know, it's like th they mm -hmm. obviously had money and so on to, to do that. But we're talking about at the heart of it, it's just a sugar cafe caffeinated drink. That's it. But they've created an event. They created identity behind all this stuff. So it's it's it's, it's really amazing. Uh, and But something to take away. Yes, we're talking about this seems like they have enough money to do all that kind of stuff. But maybe there's something that all of us can learn from on a smaller scale. Um, the infographic then goes into the next step of they've observed and analyzed and researched. They say in order to get the word of mouth out, for any product is to join a community. <clears throat> so if you're not piggybacking off an event, if you're not creating an event, then join a community. And they use Etsy as an example, because apparently I didn't know this, but you know, Etsy, mm -hmm. the founders, they were running some other type of web design uh, shop uh, and they were working on getcrafty.com for one of, a, one of their projects. 
Um, but in the process of doing that, they had to, um, sorry, they had to, sorry, I had to go back here. So they had to join another community of at getcrafty.com and crafters.org to, um, to expand to a larger user base. Um, basically, there's a saying in marketing that says, an old proverb, if you want to be a leader, you find a parade and you jump in front of it. So the idea is I don't start in the very back of the parade where you got to work your way up to the front. Yeah. If there's already a parade that you want to be part of, if you know Ray and Clovis could really benefit from uh, the audience of the Muppets or the audience of some Disney shows or the audience of some Nickelodeon shows, the idea here is to jump in front of the parade. And the way you do that is you join the community that already exists or you'll see later here um, with partnerships and referrals and joint ventures. But that's what Etsy did. Didn't know that. But now Etsy, you know, even though they've leveraged some other communities in the craft space, has become, you know, basically a $500 million company. So if you want to sell any kind of goods, T-shirts, art, so on, on online, Etsy is the yeah. uh, service yeah, to do that. Etsy. So the infographic then says, okay, if you're not joining a community, then you got to start your own community. And I didn't know about this story. There's a Black Milk's Sharkies nylon le leggings. So Black Milk sells nylon nylon leggings, and they have a very loyal following on social media. And they call themselves Sharkies because that's the emoticon they use on Facebook. So Black Milk is now a multi-million dollar business with uh, a staff of over 150 people. But I guess this thing was like, well, screw it. We'll start our own bizarre community that's all revolved around, you know, nylon leggings. I think it's, it's just, but it works if they can build. It's such a niche thing; they're able to build their own community around it. And I know that you guys have that with uh, with your Ray and Clovis with Theory Animation. Like anytime you start a, a web page, uh, a Facebook page, and so on, you're trying to start a community in that respect. Um, so we can go further down here and they say in this infographic that you need to leverage scarcity, exclusivity, and FOMO or FOMO, which means fear of missing out. And um, the quote from, I, I'm going to get his name wrong, but I'll get this right. But he says, we value more those things that have recently become less available to us. So we value more those things that have recently become less available to us. And that comes from Dr. Robert uh, Cialdolini. I can't. Oh, I can't screw it. <laughs> You're trying. It's, it's Man, an Italian. Yeah, there. The Cialdolini. Uh, I can't. Author of Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. It's a great book. A lot of people refer to it. Um, it really gets down to the, the, the psychology of all of us as consumers, as customers, as an audience. And it's weird, but we all respond, even though we know it's happening to us, we mm -hmm. still respond to when somebody is leveraging scarcity and exclusivity and the fear of missing out that we have to act. And so they have this case studies or in this infographic with both Gmail and Facebook. When Gmail originally came out, it was exclusive, only invite only. I remember this. I remember only a few people I knew were invited to be part of the Gmail beta test or the group that you, you, there's only a handful of people that had a Gmail account. And so I remember it took a while before uh, people, uh, all of us could have a Gmail account, but if they were showing that uh, it got to such a crazy demand that people were trying to offer a, a, 
you know, an e Gmail account on eBay for over $200. <laughs> Jeez. So now we got uh, Facebook and they were saying that, you know, Facebook started with the Ivy League, obviously Harvard, and it was, you had to have an Ivy League um, email before it went, you know, global. So they started small and they started exclusive. Uh, so there's something to be said about that scarcity uh, mindset when it plays to the advantage of sales and marketing, not necessarily your overall philosophy, but there is a place for scarcity in the, the fear of missing out. Um, then this is so funny. I love this on the infographic. They're like, well, you need to publish quality content. <laughs> so basically it really just comes down. You just got to make good stuff, you know, and you got to, and whatever your marketing and the stuff you, if your product, your film, uh, whatever it might be, it just has to be quality stuff. And it, interesting enough, they use blend tech as an example, because these guys have this huge YouTube following where they just shred things up in their blender to show how powerful blend techs blenders are. They're mm -hmm. like, they shoot up like iPhones and anything that's non related to a mixer. Um, but it generates so many interesting, you know, uh, words somebody sharing online like hey check out they just they blended uh you know an android phone iphone and something else into this blender people just want to see the carnage they want to see the destruction so it gets destroyed when you want to go buy a blender though that's the first thing that pops in your head yeah why do we get that iphone smashing one yeah because you're like i know it's gonna cut up fruit in no time you know boom and so that's the publishing quality content um Let's see here. Oops. Oops, there we go. Oh, so then after all this stuff, after you've you've identified and perhaps you created a very unexpected utility and you've done it so well <laughs> that nobody knew that you they needed it, if you have built a community, joined a community, you know, uh, all this type of stuff, then you need to add grease, meaning that as Seth Godin says, how easy it is for an end user to spread this particular idea virus. Can I, can I click one button or mention some magic phrase or do I have to go through hoops and risk embarrassment to tell someone about it? Essentially, whatever we create, anything that we do online in order to get the word out, the word of mouth out easier by adding grease, meaning like is a user experience so easy, so painless for anybody just to make a quick share button or, you know, click it to buy it, click it to sh uh, send to some of their friends, anything like that. Is the me me mechanics, mechanics of that um, easy to use for the user? So the summary of their uh, infographic is the most critical components of word of mouth are the wow product, the unexpected utility, not knowing the idea. Again, the unexpected utility is People didn't know they needed it. People didn't know they needed the iPhone. <laughs> People didn't know they needed like Dropbox or whatnot. Uh, plus a meaningful story. That's the marketing of it. D is there, does it mean anything? Is it the Tom's shoes? Is it, you know, the Goldie Box toy, um, you know, um, line of toys? And then there's the seeded discovery. And the seeded discovery is, again, it's helping your audience find it easily quickly and be able to share it you know all that stuff has to be in conjunction it, it, it almost seems like all of it can't you can't have one without the other 
right. in order to make it successful. So if you get all these things right and you're reasonably well set up for word of mouth success, <laughs> basically like, hey, I've done all I can to hit these three major points. So I should be in a better place for success in terms of word of mouth. Um, but you can't leave all that to chance, obviously. So they have some other examples of how the word of mouth virus to spread. And these are interesting examples. They Here's when they, I didn't realize this with KFC, but apparently um, in Japan in the 1970s, KFC was pitched as a Christmas treat in Japan. So oh, really? the people in Japan still eat KFC on Christmas to this day because they tapped into <laughs> a, a, a predetermined holiday schedule and they just sort of like, you know, became part of the lexicon to that culture. Just like Coca-Cola has with the, the, the polar bears and the ice when it comes around Christmas time and you see, you know, the modern day Santa Claus is really based off a Coca-Cola ad. The red, you know, the red, the big red mm -hmm. Santa Claus we see is essentially a Coca-Cola ad invention. Um, they mentioned here Rebecca's Black uh, Friday song, supposed to be like the worst music video ever. Um, it still gets a lot of traffic during Friday because it's a song that hits at the end of the week that people could easily share with other friends as a joke. Like, hey, you know, send this uh, this link to the Friday song just to you know annoy your buddy or whatever, or a time to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So here, there's the idea of all this stuff is like. Even if you set up all those other things prior, even if you set up your wow product and your seeded discovery, by not leaving it to chance, by purposely trying to tap into a lexicon, psych you know, psychologically tapping into how these things may affect word of mouth, could get, lead you to success. So may, honestly, I actually took this advice, what, what uh, Rebecca Black did with uh, Friday, with her song Friday. The reason I called Phil, this show is called film marketing fridays just never but it's kind of but then i'm gonna be honest with you i'll tell you something i think it might be dumb and i'll tell you why <laughs> later why i screwed up on something with that but um i want to get into uh their last part of their um mm -hmm. infographic which is the one favorite tactic of everything else that they had dis discovered uh, researched and analyzed from referral candy is the referral programs. Now, there's a, there's a trick here because this information is coming from a site called referral candy. And this information is coming uh, from a place, a blog that, that has very, their call to action is double your word of mouth where there are free day email course. So this is their job. This is their world. They are telling you they're giving you information this infographic was designed to give you information of if you want to uh, have more success of word of mouth um, then you need a referral program and you can utilize the services supplied by referralcandy.com and that's what they've done here so when they say that our favorite tactic of all is to use referral programs they're setting it up so that you agree with them that you potentially might actually use their service so here it is. They say referral programs. And the quote here is stated as saying, study after study has proven that referral marketing is one of the best forms of marketing when it comes time to for sales and conversions. And that is Richard. These last names are killing me. I know. Lazaria. 
uh, a, a terrible, a better lemonade stand. <laughs> so there it is. If you take only one thing away from this, you got to wow yourself. Resolve to solve a meaningful problem so well that you can't help but tell everybody about it. And their last quote is from Walt Disney. Whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well that when people see you do it, they will want to come back and see you do it again. And they will want to bring others and show them how well you do what you do, Walt Disney. All right. Whew. That's a lot. There's a lot. I will, again, provide links to referral candy so you can see the entire infographic yourself. This was just like an excerpt of it. But, um, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us, by the way, that link. Yeah, yeah. Take a moment there to kind of like just drink, what, just kind of settle in. So, how, how? Here's a question for you. What What's been the shift now? I mean, you do this a lot. Like, you're really into the marketing side. What What do you say you took away from all of this? Considering, like, like I because you know a lot. So I'm curious. Like, what do you What do you feel like you got 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 from all of that? Well, the interesting thing about the perspective is everything. Business and marketing seems to be fairly simple. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Like, it's hard. Like, we we're talking about uh, the Rebecca Black song Friday. The the concept there that made sense. The psychology of something trying to go viral. Somebody was trying to analyze. I remember reading a blog post about somebody analyzing. Is, is there metrics or some science behind what goes viral, what doesn't go viral? Um, we were with Rebecca Black's song. It was touted as like the worst song ever. And it was like making fun of this poor, you know, high school girl and her, you know, she paid money to make the song Friday where she couldn't sing. It was auto tune like crazy, you know, but it got viral and people made fun of it. And, um, but it was used as the perfect timing because the end of the week, end of the work week, What's better than to share a song to celebrate the weekend than a fun, lighthearted song with a girl that can't sing that well, you know? Yeah. So that made sense in terms of the viral spikes. So me, not really, I was like, I don't know. So I did film marketing Fridays. Yeah. It seemed to roll off the tongue. But then when I look at it, most people coming off of work are so they're they're dead they don't want to necessarily think like i should probably change this to like film marketing tuesdays <laughs> like earlier in the week because then uh people are more uh, in tune to trying to learn or want wants this type of information film marketing fridays i think sometimes um you know people are kind of they want to check out they want to go see a movie or they want you know it's the weekend starting want to drink a beer so i have a uh, I have a dilemma there. Like, do I change the the title? I might. I don't know. But it's interesting where it works. Talk for marketing Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just trying. Just trying. Really. You got. You know what? It's funny. The content is the same, but by shifting it to a certain day, a different day, and shifting the title can mean the, all the difference. Which I, that's what I find fascinating about marketing. Where again, it's simple. The application of it is hard because you have to yeah. test it out. But the other thing that takes away from all this stuff is uh, in order to get that word of mouth is this whole concept of sharing. But I really want to target in on kind of the stuff you guys are doing at um, Rand Clovis. I have up here because uh, I, I, I liked your page. So in Facebook, you know, you can like a page. So I liked your page for Theory Animation, so, which allows me to see sometimes you guys do sponsored ads, Facebook ads. 
And um, so here's one ad that, that had come up um, right here because you guys are getting ready. I, I saw it was interesting because you, you're offering T-shirts for yeah. Rain Clovis and Theory Animation. And you had like a, a, a copywriting headline or something like, hey, you know, it's Friday, your paycheck. You think about buying a shirt. You know, one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> one of those interesting. But here in this uh, sample ad, it's like express yourself with our classic T-shirt. Purchasing the shirt provides many benefits, including uh, two-point styles, a handy way to let people know exactly how you're feeling. And I can't see see more because this is this is a graphic. But you, mm. there's more things that you're selling. Um, theory animation employee guide to character expression shirt. And then it's it's just clever, you know. But <clears throat> I have to say, to let now. You have to let me know how the metrics are going because I don't know. I do from some of the experts that I follow when they talk about Facebook. It's like, like the the thing is like you don't necessarily want to sell on Facebook because even though you yeah. might have an ad because it shows right there. It's like the shirt's like twenty four ninety five. The concept for Facebook ads or promoted things is to get them to either like your page or get them off your out of Facebook onto like a blog post onto your website where you then um, either they're opting in for your email address uh, mm -hmm. so that they can be part of your community. And then it's within your emails uh, in your email list is where you do the, your selling and, yeah. not and not necessarily on social media. The reason being is they, they said that the psychology of a user on Facebook or Twitter, they're not necessarily in the mindset of buying something. Yeah, they are if they're on Amazon, like right away. Anybody going to Amazon, you know, they're shopping like but there's there's a huge search engine and it might take them down like, you know, other, you know, customers bought this and it might take them down a rabbit hole like, oh, I didn't know I need that. I need that. I need, you know, yeah, um, there's a different mindset like that. Uh, Etsy is that way kind of too. They set themselves up as a marketplace. Uh, there's other places online of e-commerce. Social media is difficult in that respect if it's just a straight cold sale. Like you you have to grease the wheels <laughs> in order to get uh, people to become fans of what you're offering and then you make the sale. And they they that's that's sort of the tactic that yeah. but again, there are no rules. I think that's one thing to remember for anybody out there. Just because the experts mention this and that, things change all the time. So I might, you know, I might say this and you, you know, the experts might say this, but you say, but uh, you know, oddly enough, our metrics show that we actually make a lot of sales this way. So, so yeah, maybe this is a good time to kind of dive into it then. Yeah. Um, the, first of all, that, that hasn't sold a single shirt. So the, there you go. <laughs> you know that much. Um, but, uh, the email newsletter did. So go figure. Okay. So that, that teaches you right away. So that's, um, that's actually kind of free uh, that sponsored ad uh, Shopify who runs our shop blah 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 free ad to advertise on Facebook it was 10 bucks and we said why not um, so that's where that's where that came from so that's a free ad from Shopify who part who is our shop provider I mean we pay them monthly so it's not really free right right and um, Facebook has now the ability to buy on Facebook they're trying to turn it into a platform for everything all sorts of consumption yes right. it's very indicated by the fact that they've introduced video and now they're doing 360 but that's a bigger conversation the the end goal is no one's on Facebook to buy they're on Facebook to kind of be bored and curious and see what's going on mm -hmm. however I have met a handful of people 
for this cat short film that we're developing and for celebrating cat day national cat day big internet holiday for cats and we've we we're partnering with a lot of really amazing people on it and some of them have huge facebook pages mm-hmm. um they'll their organic like reach is 0.03 percent but it, rough math here it's still like you know thousand two thousand people and that of like and they these people they'll update like once every three to four hours they'll have like a million plus on their page i know my math is funny here they have like <laughs> a, a million and a half or a million people yeah, like they have a lot of people on their page but what's interesting is that they make a living at it so one of them in particular um sells a lot of cat related products and every you know she'll do a post like every three to four hours and she has her own store and she sells cat things like places where they can sleep and uh things that they can eat etc and she makes a living at it and she you know she updates her facebook three to four times a day with mostly random stuff and then once a day is like a new product that she has and maybe it's not even a new product just an old product but you know it's such an arbitrage of follows and organic likes and everything you've probably never seen it so it's new to you and i find that really interesting that that occurs and so facebook is a place to buy something if you get that like community like in there yeah yeah it's it's here's interesting enough there's um the guys at the internet business mastery uh jeremy franzen and uh, jason van orden they did a mm-hmm. um a piece on for facebook in terms of if we go back to the infographic they talked yeah. about word of mouth like you either join a community or you start a community and here's a quick what i kind of know of facebook marketing or what's happened was long time ago not too long ago it's so it's so, like a couple of years ago far, far exactly they, 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 uh, people would have businesses or, or fans or whatever would start a movie fan page or a business fan page or a business page on Facebook and they were able to accumulate likes like crazy either buy it you know from clickbait farms and you know other countries or b- organically build it very quickly uh, a year and a half ago I think they Facebook change your policy now even if you've built 25,000 likes on your fan page for your movie uh, every time you post on your that page you are getting like 1% reach to everybody that's like nobody even though I liked your page theory animation I may Mm -hmm. not see your post unless what Facebook has done it says unless you pay for it unless you boost the post unless you pay us some money then we will we will get your your post out to the people that said they like it, like your page. Yeah, <laughs> and then on top of that, in order to use like uh, advanced Facebook marketing with like lookalike audiences, so you would have to your page would say accumulate like twenty five thousand likes. Then you can use a lookalike audience that um, then pay for an ad to go to a whole nother subset of people that like something similar to your page in order to get a even greater reach but the difference is if you have a small like you only need to say like you know a couple hundred people on your facebook page yeah like your page then your reach when you do a lookalike audience is very small you know what i mean so they've they've developed a system facebook where 
Um, if you let's see, if you develop a system that essentially says, well, you need to promote, you need to pay to promote your your post in order to get people to like your page. So you got to yeah. build up. You still have to build up your Facebook page likes in order to fully invest into expanding to a lookalike audience so that you can get greater reach. So yeah. they created this ecosystem where oh, you, it get, works you got to really pay. well. Yeah, you, you, yeah, the targeting tools are like unbelievable. Yeah, and um, I love it. Um, however, uh, you can spend a lot of money on it really fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the the reality is, is unless people are coming over to hang out every day, uh, and you're posting something rather relevant, it's really tough to. Because like you said, no one's really there to buy anything. So it's really tough to kind of like make a sale through Facebook. So I wouldn't say that. I'd say the right answer is to just make it interesting. And then it becomes so interesting that when you release something new, you start to make it eventful. So one of one of the problems with all of this too is that like obviously the, the very first bullet point, you know, it's make like utility. It's all about utility mm -hmm. and, and what we make is useless yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's not really useless but it kind of is useless like if if i had a little bit of money left i'm not going to watch a movie i'm going to go eat something right right Utility. so yeah so it's at the bottom of the the spend and then you there's been charts and stuff of the average american spending how much they do on entertainment and all that um so it really puts the onus on you to like it's hard enough to make something amazing it's even harder to make something that a lot of people will care about and and want to support and buy and you, you know it really really puts a lot of pressure um and that's good that's good pressure so i guess let me let me ask this then what would you like me to kind of ramble off of kind of like what we've learned through all the marketing bits that we've tried or or yeah i i want to I want to wrap up something just to sure. take you back on that Facebook thing because uh, I was mentioning the guys Internet Business Mastery. Sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry. There's, but it's really kind of cool. Is there's a way that you can start a community and build a community? Community. Uh, people are using Facebook groups as sort of the new Facebook page, so you can start like you know animation for beginners or or like you know family entertainment you know, a group, a specific group on Facebook. And then you can invite all these people that are attracted to the subject matter or the topic of what that group is about. So there you can actually have more organic reach to share everything about theory animation and Ray and Clovis. Yeah. Cause you, you become the moderator of this group. And, um, you know, I've, I've got one that I haven't launched yet, but that's going to be on Facebook. That's specific to film marketing for self distribution, you know? Yeah. So like people wouldn't go to like film trooper. Cause like, what the hell is film trooper? You know, only a few people know, but it's like, but people are, would yeah. be more specific to that topic of, Oh, it's a very specific topic. So, uh, you know, theory animation can do the same thing or Ray and Clovis. So that that's an angle that could be done on Facebook. Um, now you were mentioning about the unexpected utility in terms of, you know, most of us making film product of any kind, we're not really creating anything of need because there's three basic needs for all humans. It's food, shelter, and clothing, which is why all the, those three industries will always do well. Like you mentioned, like if I have money, I got to go, I got to eat something because that's a, you, that's a need. I need to eat. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to clothe myself. But you know, I just don't want to wear a regular T-shirt. You know, I want to 
wear Ray and Clovis t-shirt or whatever it might be. You know, it's like, there's, yeah. I, I have to pay rent. I have to, I have to have a house. Cause those three, that's why real estate will always be around, you know, the industry, even though it had the, the, the crash and so on, the necessity of the real estate industry will always exist. It always has been, uh, the food industry, the clothing industry, you know, those three things will always be a necessity. So yes, to answer, to kind of like hypothesize about your question about how can we as filmmakers create an unexpected utility? Well, my feeling is we don't, but we use our films to advertise something that is an unexpected utility. In the example of the infographic, you have the blender that shredded up iPhones and everything else. They made videos to show what it's capable of doing. Well, the thing is, is that we can find a product that has an unexpected utility and maybe our films um, could be served as a advertisement um, to, to help sell those products as long as we develop a proper affiliate program. Like, yeah. so, so Ray and Clovis, maybe there's something that kids love. I don't know, maybe like the, the Christmas gift this year. And maybe Ray and Clovis does like you decide creatively how you would like to create your own version of commercial, even though the company hasn't paid you. But if the company or is there's a system in place that has a nice affiliate program where you make a 50% commission, uh, your company could help promote that if it's if the product is in alignment with what the your message is, your story is, or what Ray and Clovis is all about. Uh, that's one way to look at it. It's not the end all be all. But in terms of trying to turn the problem on its head, like when you're asking like, well, we're not creating unexpected utilities. So how do we, where do we fall into the, the paradigm of getting our word of mouth out uh, for our product? Um, that's one way. But anyway, you were going to mention some of the things that we talked about, like what has worked, what hasn't worked. It's been really great to see a, a movement towards I've seen a lot of stuff on Facebook and Twitter in terms of Ray and Clovis more so than I've ever you know have seen before so it's mm. been really interesting to see there's action like you're you're doing what you need to do to get stuff out there but now we can kind of assess like well what's working what doesn't work and yeah. like like right off the bat we were kind of like using the example like do you do we set do any of us try to sell something on social media or do we use the ads to get them to another place before we make the sale Th those are types of the conversations that we could kind of explore but it's it's tough when you're making something you know it when we we've we've played a lot with like education um and we we actually got hired to do a course, which is pretty rad, uh, a course and everything and free YouTube tutorials or something. But, you know, it's when an organization hires you to, to actually make it, you put way more effort into it. Mm -hmm. So we got hired. Can't say yet, but it's it's a pretty rad course um, on animation. And so that's why there hasn't been any new tutorials as of late. Um, and then another big thing is is the, the like creating a nexus for what you're about. You know that's something that we've kind of struggled with a little bit like what is your what does your brand really mean and lately it's been about the craftsmanship and, and the storyteller and celebrating storytellers so that's something that we're slowly starting to, to push out we're, we're actually going to have a new series pretty soon 
um, every month where we we talk about story and we talk about the craftsmanship of, of the stuff that we make. So I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, and that gives us a nexus. But it's tough, you know, like, what if you just wanted to make a short series uh, about getting high and delivering <laughs> weed to people? Like, you don't need a Facebook group for that. You, you know, like, yeah. you, you just want to make a series about getting high and, send, and, you know, and it becomes high maintenance, you know, yeah. and high maintenance becomes incredibly popular. And if, you know, you play your cards right, Vimeo buys you and then eventually HBO buys you. You know, so that's the funny thing. Like, even with unexpected utility, we as, as storytellers, that, that sometimes is like, yeah, but my utility is about people getting high, right? That's not really, you know. So <clears throat> I thought it was in, in that sense, like we, maybe we flip it a little bit. And it's not so much unexpected utility as like unexpected story in which uh, an un unexpected experience. And it's actually incredibly compelling to watch high maintenance if you've never seen it. It's mm -hmm. actually really good. So as a filmmaker, like that's something to think about that like, wait, you know, my film is about breakups and romance. Uh, do I need to make a Facebook group? And, a, and a, but no, you, what you should concentrate on, I think is, is celebrating like the very thing that you're talking about. So for us, right, celebrating the characters and becoming their hero has been a thing that we've been doing a lot lately, become a hero for the characters. And we've seen really good success with that. Yeah. Where before it was kind of like, hey, you should support Rain Clovis. Now it's kind of like you can become their hero and you can support them. And and that language alone has added more patrons and encouraged more folks to buy shirts and everything. So that's that's been a positive, you know. And I, I it's all just word change. That's it. Um, yeah. Our re our rewards are more or less the same, but it's just interesting. Uh, to your point about being um, a source of information, obviously being animators and, and a pretty transparent studio with how things happen, um, we, we get a lot of people who ask us about animation, so we've written blog posts. And month after month, the number one blog post is how to get a job in animation, where I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty like honest, right, about yeah. the current state of things, that depending on what you exactly want to do, you probably nine times out of ten you're going to have to move, and this is why you're going to have to move. Where you should explore video games or whatever, and, and just to kind of point out that, and that that post every month brings like a thousand new people to the site, um, and from there they they we have a couple of things that we watch. Like, do they sign up for the newsletter? Do they watch a short, or do they become a pay or at the very least click to become a patron? Like, learn more about it. Um, and and to me, one of the one of those three are are top metrics. Do they watch a short? Do they join the newsletter? Or do they become a patron? Um, Google Analytics doesn't give you weights, but you know those are the top three for me. And it's interesting that like of of all the things <clears throat> that the blog post about how to get a job is like at the top for driving people to watching a short or the newsletter. Mm -hmm. uh, and then right after that, for becoming a patron, it's it's actually a lot of YouTube. Now that that was kind of weird, right? So we exp I, I spent money on a lot of different ads for a lot of different things, and I would think with Facebook's amazing targeting tools, you know, okay, I can target people who already like Patron. Maybe they'll like us, and maybe they'll check us out. Yeah. You know, what's funny though is that wasn't the case. Uh, even though I could like. This person likes Patreon. This person likes Kickstarter. They probably will like supporting other patrons in Kickstarter. So I'm going to send them uh, a Rain Clovis short and encourage them to watch more. You'd be surprised. Like, not really. 
Hmm. However, when I did that same thing with YouTube, YouTube advertising, I had way more people click through and learn more about us, even though like through YouTube, through a YouTube ad. And I thought that was really, really interesting because like, isn't it like the thing that's every time, oh, it's a YouTube ad, ah, skip, you know, yeah. like you, you just, it's not, there's not even a conversation. You just skip it. It's like, whatever. But it was weird that dollar for dollar to person who is more likely to sign up, watch a short or become a patron, YouTube was a higher value cost. I think customer acquisition cost or something like yeah, that, yeah. whatever that funny word is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It was YouTube, and that was weird to me. Now, what's interesting too is Google Plus is also up there. You can't pay for Google Plus. At least mm -hmm. I don't think you can. I don't know how. No, um, no. Uh, so that was interesting. Reddit, Reddit will drive a lot of traffic to your site, and they'll stay for about fourteen seconds. Uh, <laughs> but it'll drive a lot of traffic to your site. But that's interesting. Like, like we, we, we pr we're pretty active on Reddit and on and on Imager, and they'll they'll drive a good amount of traffic, but they'll go. Poof, um, which which is always fun. Uh, Twitter, I never understand Twitter. I mean, people come visit. Uh, my analytics are telling me people come from Twitter, but you know they spend a minute on the site. But what's funny is I'll just read them off. Like Facebook, they'll spend. Uh, we we had like some four thousand people come from Facebook. They spent about two minutes on the website. However, I had uh, four hundred people come from YouTube, and they spent five minutes on the website. And some of them click through to become newsletter people or patrons. So what do you really want? Do you want the 4,000 people that came on that didn't do anything that spent a minute or two minutes? Or do you want the 400 that clicked and signed up and became like joined? You yeah. know what I mean? So that's interesting to me. Um, Twitter is this, I don't understand Twitter. It's number two, but they only spent a minute <laughs> on the website, but it, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but yeah, YouTube, YouTube, and Google Plus are very interestingly. Uh, a lot of people will will go there. Um, and then, as far as like the top pages, every every month, you know, there we are. How to get a job as an animator is like number one, uh, followed by the latest short, followed by uh, the patron page. So mm -hmm. that's interesting that like you know where where our traffic is coming from. A lot of it's organic, you know, looking for a job in animation, and we're pretty honest about how it all works. Uh, and then social media, but social media doesn't really hang around too long, which is interesting. But they, they sometimes they will. It's weird. Sometimes they're like they're really excited and then they'll go away. Um, the the other thing that I, I actually think that's kind of cool is email, but email's weird. Like apparently, only seventy people from our email actually came onto the website, right? Mm -hmm. But two of them bought a shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, it's only 70 people, two of them bought a shirt. So maybe, like, that's weird, but none of the other ones all bought shirts. Yes, they became patrons, fair enough. Um, but from email, they, they came and they bought a shirt. So I, again, I just find that interesting. Um, Imager, Imager is really cool to drive a lot of traffic. Um, and you know, maybe for a moment we can even kind of talk about like spending, spending your time and money and effort. I mean, the time is, is really money. If you spend 10 days doing one thing or, you know, you spend 10 days doing another, that's, that could be valuable. That could be money that you've made later. And, um, 
we've spent a lot on on a lot of different ads and i like facebook's targeting and i i love like how all these crazy analytics they give you mm -hmm. but no one's on facebook to buy anything no one's on facebook to really discover stuff same point we spent money on on reddit we we didn't read nothing the reddit ads were a joke uh which is sad because i like reddit but you know no one really clicks on those uh, and you know, th maybe I should like take a moment to say that like ads probably freak out a lot of people because they're like, oh God, ads, ads, ads. But they they, they work whether yeah. whether you really you like it or not. They they work. And um, yes, you know the the cold reality of conversion rates is there, right? You know, one to three percent if you're really good. Uh, for every thousand, you might get. 10, maybe 30, nine, 30, maybe yeah. five, yeah. <laughs> maybe 30 if you're really, you know, like, you know, for every thousand you, you get it. And then out of that bucket, for every thousand of those people, maybe you'll get like five who actually buy something, right? So mm -hmm. those cold realities of conversion rates are true regardless uh, of who you are. Um, and, and that's something to understand. So anyways, I, I believe ads work, especially if they're written really well. And not all ads have to be an unskippable 15 second ad. Um, honestly, being a sending a, a post to get shared, like your latest short or teaser, and sending that to IndieWire, you're marketing to them. And if they do share it, you know they're effectively advertising for you. So that's an ad, you know, wh whether you believe it or not. Um, and so, anyways, ads. Uh, Facebook is easy to spend a lot of money on, but we haven't seen the results that we're really happy with, and that's just because psychologically, why you're there. If you want people to like your page and visit, yes, Facebook's awesome for that. Um, if you want people to buy something, no, Facebook is not good at that. <laughs> uh, Twitter, I, I, I couldn't actually, I was actually upset by Twitter because you can't, maybe I'm dumb and I'm wrong, so I'm probably am. <laughs> but on Twitter, you could not target your own followers. Like, I, I tried to understand this, but you could target people who like, liked things like your followers and people who hashtagged or used keywords, but you couldn't actually tweet directly to your followers. Kind of like Facebook, you can sponsor posts directly to your mm -hmm. you know, likes. I mean, that's all we use Facebook ads at this point anyways. If there's something really major, we're gonna boost a post because we want all you know 1,500 so people to see it. So I think it's actually 1,400, but we want all of them to see it. So that's the, for us, it's been like the number one. Um, remarketing on Facebook, sometimes works. Uh, that is where if they visited your website, you can throw up a little, hey, come back and check out our page or something yep. ad. Yep. So that's that's actually, I would say if anything, those are the only two that ads that Facebook's good at. Um, and then uh, in terms of like YouTube, like YouTube is weird. Everybody hates YouTube ads, yet that's where a lot of patrons and, and folks came from. So, you know, uh, it's interesting, that's it. I am. Um, it's interesting. Well, it is. It's it's fascinating to hear you t share all this stuff. I want to thank you. Uh, it's it's very eye opening. But it's also from an outsider's perspective, this is the, like this is how I would see it. Um, Ray and Clovis, you know, fit very well on YouTube. You have yeah. a YouTube presence. They're animated shorts, and you've already identified that your audience uh, that responds to you most is how do you get a job in the animation business as an animator. So other people that are interested in animating are the people that are probably finding you online on YouTube. So when they yeah. see when they see your clips, 
they if they click and they find like the top post is how to you know how do you become how do you get a job in the animation business that is the psyche of your audience and the reason your ads may work better on YouTube because I've seen this before too sometimes I'll uh, I want to learn how to play a song on the guitar yeah you know so I'll click somebody's giving a quick tutorial the, an ad will pop up that is so on target because a very well put together ad comes up that says I've always wanted to learn how to play guitar, but I've never had the time. And there was this whole thing about like how to do it. Like the ad fits yeah. perfectly to why I'm searching what I'm searching for on uh, YouTube. So the same thing could be hold true for you having better yeah. results on YouTube because the psychology, again, we were talking about if somebody's on Amazon, their mindset is we're shopping and I'm yeah. searching and I'm shopping. When somebody's on YouTube and they're looking for the animation clips, if they are somebody who wants to be an animator or find work as an animator, they're already in that mindset. So when they see your your work or advertisement for your work, they're most likely going to click, more likely, and then spend time on your site to go, oh, this is cool. Look at what they're building. I wonder yeah. how you get a job. Oh, there's a, there's a blog post. That makes sense. Facebook is so quick like i understand like people are looking like see your images and go oh that's cool i'll click like that's probably what you're getting in terms of your, your ad one thing you could do for the facebook audience in terms of um like case in point like twitter is that world is fast like we're only seeing a short amount of characters sometimes people put some pictures up some video up but man there's so much data you're just scrolling through the time i don't know what they call it the, the you know the the feed and it's very hard pressed. If somebody clicks it, it to see a link, the headline's got to be really catchy or an image has got to be catchy and they click on the link. They're hoping that the article is short. <laughs> they're yeah. hoping to see uh, top 10 things animators do while they're asleep or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like they, they want to see a quick bullet list, bullet point list of something they can reach, skim through quickly. Because the mindset is like that on Twitter. You're just, you, you're used to going fast that way. You're not... You're not in the mindset on Twitter to finally go and read an in-depth article. And worse yet is me promoting the podcast. I realize that my platform primarily is a podcast. This show gets turned into a podcast, but primarily my audience is a podcast. So now for Twitter, I actually have to put in brackets to say podcast, and then I give a, a try to do with my mm -hmm. best the catchy headline. So that way somebody in Twitter is already accustomed to knowing like, Oh, there's a video or there's a podcast. So yeah. they either know to skim through it or click through it. When they click through it, it's already been registered to them that this is what this is. Like if they click this link, it's not going to be a short, you know, uh, blog post. It's, you know, and that's, I think that's what's happened in the past was that somebody saw the, uh, like today's episode is called how to use word of mouth to, to get out for your film or how to, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. I don't even know what the title of the show is. <laughs> but anyway, you can see somebody clicking that on Twitter, thinking that it's a quick blog post. But then when they see it's a full hangout show, they're going to be, oh, I'm not, I don't have time for this. I got to, they'll, they'll come in and out real quick. Like that's probably yeah. where you're seeing Twitter. So yeah. the way is to, to try to create the ads or the posts to be as native as possible. So if you're writing something on Twitter, you might do something where, you know, the three basic you know rules of animation to you it's in twitter boom somebody sees it real quick and if they like what they saw and then there's a call to action to get more to watch the video or to go to like your most popular blog post again yeah uh, then that's how you can kind of have them stick around a little longer and hopefully sign up 
yeah. or or have something so no brainer, uh, uh, an ethical bribe on Twitter that says like, um, you know, free, you know, three part video series on how to get a job as an animator. Like, yeah. oh, and they, but they click it and they have to, there's only one thing to do is sign up for your email list. They'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Same thing that happened on face, Facebook. Facebook is very quick, you know? Um, so when somebody's going through it and they click it and they have to go to like, that's the the whole part of this infographic talking about greasing the wheels or mm -hmm. make sure you grease it. Um, the experience from somebody clicking your uh, ad on Facebook does it take them to the Theory Animation uh, site? Does it take them to the Ray and Clovis site? If so, is it one click or, or are they expecting once they click it they should see it right away natively in yeah. Facebook? Um, some of the people that are making money on Facebook with Facebook marketing are essentially using Facebook ads to promote like a webinar or some great free three-part video series giveaway. Mm -hmm. And so it's the money that they make in the back end. It's like you said, it's getting them on your email list and then making the sale on the email list that they're seeing the better conversions. Um, so you still have, you have the mechanics already in Facebook. So imagine if you just change the ad, like this one ad we were showing here, I'll just show it again. Imagine if, yeah. um, uh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, there it is. Um, so imagine this ad says theory animation, express yourself with a classic t-shirt. Imagine if this ad was like, how do you get a job as an animator? You know, Ray and Clovis will tell you click, click here, yeah. you know, now, Somebody's okay, they click it, and there's one thing to do. It says sign up for this free three-part video series, or it goes right to the video. And the video does a really quick, like, you know, of in character, like, hey, this is how you would get a job in the animation business. If you want to learn more, you know, sign up or get this free giveaway. So, like a video natively that's happening in Facebook, um, somebody's clicking through it, like, oh, I want to know how to get a job. And mm -hmm. these two characters are going to tell me cool and then in the ad the video has a call to action says you know we're Rand Clovis with 3D animation you know come click this free giveaway and uh, at this link below and we'll see you on side yeah so you actually may get more conversions to your website and to your email address but you give them them what you want because if the data is showing you that your audience from an outsider's perspective they're not kids. They're yeah. young people or adults wanting to know how to become animators or how to get a job in the animation business. If you change your message, which is in the infographic here, it says, tell a meaningful story. And the three things they talk about is like, well, how do you change your customer's life? What do you stand for? And what do you hate? And the reason they say, what do you hate? Is that what, what gets a lot of people sharing and commenting on it's it's like political it could be like political wed, wedge issues it's always like the, all the stuff you're not supposed to talk to about on a party religion yeah. and politics right <laughs> like anything that happens like that is gangbusters and i've seen like indie wire do this where yeah. they'll try to they throw a, a blog post up just to kind of stir the pot you know it's like yeah. is film dead you know or is it like or you know, um, I don't know anything like, you know, here's uh, five experts that, that say the reason why, um, you know, digital cinema is not as good as film. 
and that whatever it might be. Th these are topics that have gone on forever. And then yeah. in the comment section, you get people, you know, yelling at each other. And the and the whole thing was is somebody just presented an idea, and which is why in this infographic it says, "What do you hate?" You may your brand may not necessarily get into that world of what you hate, but you might. Maybe yeah. the brand of theory animation might. Maybe it says, "We hate working for a uh, a industry or a corporation." that does this to their artists case in point that documentary worked on mm -hmm. you know i mean that is a, a line in the sand that you're drawing says this is what we hate and this is what we yeah. stand we this is why we are standing uh in favor of something different and this is what theory animation is about then you might get if you if you angle some of your content and marketing messages towards that yeah then you can see a more word of mouth, a more passionate yeah. following. Because uh, it, it both two things that go together there. If whatever you hate is also represents what you stand for, it's the yin yang. Mm -hmm. So, and then in that message that you have, how does it change your consumer's customer's life? Because maybe the information, like you said, your number one blog post is people wanting to know how you get a job. And you right. guys are like, I'm going to tell you how it is, realistically, how it is. Yeah. He, goes, he goes, and if you want to change your life to work in the industry that exists, then this is what you have to do. Or come join us on our side of things or whatever we stand for and whatever we hate. You know, uh, like so something like that is the angle. So there's two things that I see is like theory animation represents those who want to become animators. Right. You know, Ray and Clovis could have a total different marketing campaign if you choose to go down that rabbit hole of like, do we really want, we want this to reach kids. So then it's like, okay, oh gosh, that's a whole nother thing. That's like, well, how do we compete against Disney? How do we can keep competing oh, yeah. and, and all that stuff? Well, you don't. So you know that going in. So you do Facebook uh, ads towards um, moms of a certain age, the newborns or from like toddlers. And say, you know, hey moms, you know, busy day goes um, something like, we're not Disney, we're not Nickelodeon, um, but we're right here on Facebook. Yeah, like you can choose YouTube or Facebook to be your new portal that you target moms and say, here's Ray and Clovis, and this is how they, um, like Bert and Ernie, like yeah. um, this is how they, some kind of problem that they solve or some kind of fun adventure that's quick, and as long as you target it towards your um these moms or you know at home dads or something and it says and challenge their that parent to say you know show it to your child or something like that maybe your child would like it because maybe if the kid responds and and whatever you create in that particular piece of video content your cartoon yeah maybe do like a beta test with your own kids or other people in your team to see like what do they respond to can you get can you get can you get them to laugh like out loud if the, if you can share that that piece of information to that target audience to get them to like every video you have one goal is to get an outburst laugh from the, a, a group of ch children of a certain age then you might win over the parent because the parent sees them laugh at it like oh cool I'll like yeah. it I'll show them more okay here's some more videos they have then I like that. so all this stuff is geared towards honestly we were they were talking about referral programs the one thing they didn't mention here in terms of marketing of word of mouth they kind of did when we talked about it in terms of the marketing proverb of if you want to be a leader you find the parade and jump in front of it 
we last time we spoke, we were, there was a company that you were looking towards modeling after. It was an app cartoon company. Uh, yeah, yeah. What would they call it? It was Moon. Moonbot. Moonbot. Yeah, Moonbot. And I don't know if you did. You have a chance to reach I, out to this? Guys? I didn't. Yeah, just work kind of took over. No, I haven't had a chance to. Well, that again, it's like you guys have built up enough cachet in the body of work you have. I couldn't mm -hmm. see why you couldn't reach out and just yeah. read online because uh, they could. The information they probably share with you would be a lot more insightful in, in alignment with where you guys are going. Um, but also, this opportunity at this weekend, October twenty fourth the 25th at the Sony studio lot in Los Angeles That's being huge. part of the animation festival. Yeah. You have those connections where again, from an outsider's perspective, I can't see why like a bigger entity could come to your group, your theory animation say, you know what? Can you guys pick up a scene for this show we're doing for Nickelodeon? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if that's where you guys want to go, but that's you know you built up of enough cachet that you have a animation system in place your own studio that that's what happens right in studios like when you look mm -hmm. at the, the visual effects graphics everything in all those yeah. movies behind you there's like what 50 different graphic or design animation studio houses or whatever you know exactly, that exists yeah. that that work on uh one or two shots for the film so that honestly is one way you can pitch yourselves that leaves you autonomy to live where you want to live, to have you guys control your system. If, if, a, if a shop comes to you at effects house and says, can you guys do three shots for us for this, this animation studio or whatever? Right. Right. You know, I was like, oh, sure. Sure. We can pick that up. And it's, and it's great. Cause I remember working at Sony. We, you know, I never met half the people, the companies we hired, they were in Singapore, Germany, yeah, South I know. Korea, you know? So it's yeah. like, you guys have this opportunity to say, we exist. Here's our body of work. We have a, a studio in place. Uh, let us pick up a, sh a few shots if you want us to. And in, in turn, I don't know if that's the direction you want to go in, but um, these are from an outside perspective of what I look at when I look at your company yeah, kind of like you. where you're going with it. So, no, it's it's all really good advice. I uh, I that is happening, thankfully, and that's the value that we see in the shorts is that that is happening, and so it's good to continue to do that stuff. Uh, I think getting the messaging and the branding right is is critical, and I think the number one thing that I've learned in terms of marketing is there what why is somebody on that platform, and what can we do about that. And, you know, if they're on Instagram or they're on Vine, they're just scrolling around just to mm -hmm. see stuff and to discover things. But if they're on, um, you know, if they're on YouTube, they're actively looking for something to watch. And and that's just been interesting. It's It's been a big it's been a big learning experience for us. So, yeah, I've, I've learned quite a bit. And then I think if there's any advice that kind of in part from all of this that we've learned, it's that. Uh, you should do something that is truly, I don't agree with Seth, by the way, but you should do something <laughs> that is truly awesome and then get rid of it and do it again and, and do it again and do it again. And that consistency is how you grow. Um, obviously, Seth's point is to not stick to one thing over and over and like, like give yourself, like we do a new short a month. So we like, we throw everything away and we do it all over again. Uh, and that's, that's, that's really important. So, um, that and the messaging, those are like, I think the biggest lessons that I, I can kind of impart from my side of the thing is the messaging, like knowing where, you know, where, where to put all your stuff. 
Um, I hate to say it, I have to head out here uh, in a minute, but oh, me too. So we're all good. <laughs> but uh, this this has been good. You know, I, I think that that I'm glad you really dove into that document because the you know making something make a wow. That's really it. Just yeah. TLDR and make a wow, and then tell other people about it. And I think that's my last point is that we all forget that if I were to kind of measure all the time, money, efforts spent, what's been the biggest return on investment? It's spending time telling other people about it. Because even though for every hundred of those, I'll only get like one, that's one guy or one girl with a, a blog or a podcast. And that in itself has actually been the number one biggest return on investment. YouTube would be second, Facebook would be a dismal third or fourth or something. <laughs> Because email would be higher than it. But that's just something interesting. Like, just as important as it was for us to do all of these, we call them experiments, theory, get it? Mm -hmm. uh, all of these experiments, the biggest thing that we've seen, like this cat day short that's going to come out in two weeks. Yeah. I'm super excited for it. The short is funny. It looks amazing. We have an awesome lineup of sponsors and taste and people who just want to share it and just love it. And it's hooking into you know, National Cat Day, which is going to be massive on October 29th. So you got a busy October with the film festival much. and the cat day. And the following week is that. So uh, I think on what I'm trying to import to you, what I've learned is talking to people is way more important. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, I, I will challenge you with one thing. If you already have the mechanics of the Facebook ad system going, it'd be yeah. really f interesting if you literally did a video with Ray and Clovis teaching animators how to get a job in the, as an animator in the business. Yeah. And be that is your ad. I'd be, as long as you have a really effective call to action that said that gets them off Facebook and onto your email address after this great little video that you offer up, it'd be fascinating to see what your conversion rate is at that point. Yeah. Because in my perspective, I think somebody going through Facebook and seeing that, watching a very short video, maybe you only give them like, you know, here are three steps to get, you know, to get a job as an animator in the, in the animation business with Ray and Clovis. They say, here's step number one. They give step number two. And if you want step number two or three or whatever it is, just sign below or whatever, or give them the whole thing. But it says, if you want to know more, click below, yeah. here's this free giveaway. Uh, that would be really interesting to see I would, yeah. if you're, if Facebook suddenly becomes more relevant for you. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I have right. to head out. But this, yeah. dude, this is fun. Thank you. It's good to see you, man. I'm really, really, really proud of everything you guys are doing. I'm really excited to see where you guys, uh, where all this takes you. And I'm excited for the uh, the festival and the cat day and all that kind of stuff. So cool. we'll keep tabs. We'll keep tabs. All right, David. Have a good one, Scott. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Before you can leave, take off, I'm going to do a little pay the bills here. <laughs> So that was David. And, you know, if you guys stuck around this long, then you shouldn't go away empty handed. Just head on over to freevodreports.com where you can get video on demand sales projections. When you sign up, you get uh, a weekly video on demand and digital download report sent directly to your email inbox. It's analysis of video demand and vi digital download numbers. Uh, so check it out. It's a, it's part of the weekly film marketing analysis from Film Trooper over at freevodreports.com. And thanks for everybody checking in to Film Marketing Fridays. I will see you next time.
Thanks so much.